Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837, and FSP, dedicated to food service excellence. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, you know, Buddhism has been described as a sitting religion. The Buddha sits under the Bodhi tree, and then he receives enlightenment. He wakes up. That's what the name the Buddha means, the one who's been awakened. His followers are encouraged to engage in sitting meditation so they too might awaken. Something beautiful about that, something spiritually compelling about it. But I've always thought Christianity can't be described as a sitting religion. Christianity is a religion on the go. It is, if you will, a walking religion. We see it, you know, especially in this Gospel of Mark that we've been reading the past liturgical season. Jesus is on the go from the beginning. It's as though he's always surrounded by frantic, frenetic crowds. It's as though he's always moving from here to there. He stays for a time and then says, but I must go elsewhere to proclaim the Gospel. G.K. Chesterton said, Jesus comes like a kind of thunderbolt. He moves through his life. He's heading toward the cross. There's nothing calm and tranquil about him, especially in Mark's Gospel, but rather energetic. Just a few weeks into his ministry, Jesus sends his disciples. You know, in the ancient world, when a great teacher would gather his disciples around him, they would spend months or even years at the master's feet, learning. Think of the way Aristotle spent 20 years at the feet of Plato, listening to him and taking in his wisdom. Then Aristotle himself founded a school, and for many, many years, his students would study with him. Jesus' disciples are gathered to him, yes, and then, within a few weeks, they are sent out with the same kind of frenetic energy that Jesus himself has. What's Jesus doing? He's gathering the tribes. He's gathering the tribes of Israel. He's the shepherd who is bringing them to him. He does it by going out, preaching, teaching, healing, drawing them in. And so he sends his disciples on the same mission. You too must go out and gather in the tribes of Israel. I've often said this, Christianity is a missionary religion. We're sent, just as Jesus was sent into the world by the Father, so we are sent by Jesus on mission to go. Now, how are the disciples sent? Here's our gospel for today. Listen to this. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two. 
giving them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing on the journey but a walking stick, no food, no traveling bag, not a coin in the purses of their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals. Do not bring a second tunic, he said. That, I submit, is a pretty extraordinary description. I'm sending you out to the villages and towns. You are to bring a walking stick and sandals. In other words, there will be movement involved. You will be on the go. But are you traveling light? No coin in your purse. That's like saying, don't bring a wallet. Don't bring any money. No change of clothes. Don't bring a suitcase. No sort of traveling bag. Go stripped down, as it were. Relying not on your own resources, but relying in this radical way on the providence and the care of God. That's how you go out. Stripped down, cleansed, purified, simplified, and with an enormous confidence in God's providence. Only then, I think this is where, this is the hinge of the story, only then will your missionary work, your proclamation be successful. Are there overtones of this up and down the Christian centuries? Sure. The Dominicans and the Franciscans go to the end of the 12th, the 13th century when they were founded. They were founded as mendicant orders, just a fancy way of saying begging orders. Where their food, their money come from? They begged. As the day began, they trusted in God's providence, God's guidance. We will do work of missionary proclamation, but we will do so stripped down, simplified, trusting in the providence of God. I love that story about the Irish monks. Oh, this is from the 5th century, the 6th century. Irish monks would leave their monastery to found a new one, maybe a little band of five or six people. They get into a boat without oars, without rudder, without a sense of direction. They would get into the boat and they would drift, trusting that God would lead them where he wanted them to go. Wherever they landed, and some of them landed on these craggy, distant little islands off the Irish coast. Wherever they landed, that's where they built their monastery. That's where they engaged in their Christian work. Stripped down, simplified, trusting in God's providence. Last year I was at Notre Dame University on sabbatical. And when I got there, I read this wonderful biography. It's a big, long biography, about a thousand pages, of Edward Soren. Edward Soren was the founder of Notre Dame. He was one of the early members of this Holy Cross order founded in France after the Revolution. And when he was in his late 20s, he and a band of brothers, a few people, decided to set out to the New World cross the ocean and come to America because they knew the Bishop of Vincennes was asking for priests and for brothers and teachers. 
What did they know about the Diocese of Vincennes? Almost nothing. Had they ever left their homeland of France? No, never. But this little band got on the boat, and crossing the Atlantic in those days was a bit like, for us, probably going to the moon. I mean, it would take months. There were great dangers. Several of his company died on the journey. But Soren set out. They landed in New York, spent a short time there, and then set out across the hinterland of America through forests and crossing rivers and mountains and finally coming to this place. They had no idea what to expect. No idea what the future held. And yet, that's where God's providence had led them. That's where stripped down, simplified, they had allowed themselves to be carried. And of course, the great part of that story is Soren eventually gets this piece of land in northern Indiana and there resolves to build a great university. No one at the time would ever have believed a great university would arise there in the hinterland of northern Indiana. But there stands Notre Dame today, this great Catholic university, founded by these people who set out, like those first disciples, simplified to do their mission. I think I've spoken to you before about this, but I love this to the present day. In the Jesuit order, when a young man comes, he spends some years as a novice, some years in study, and then he's told to go on pilgrimage. This means he might be given, oh, $50, $75, and told to get from, let's say, Los Angeles to Mexico City, to the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Get there and back, and you're on your own. Very little coin in the purse, very little in the traveling bag, but off you go. You know why they do it? Because their founder, Ignatius of Loyola, spent many years in a similar style of life, trusting in God's providence, stripped down, simplified, trusting that God would lead him where he wants to go. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, that's a charming story from the New Testament. And the stories you've told about the tradition, these great religious people, well, those are interesting and compelling and even beautiful. But, but, look, I, I'm a 50-year-old man. I've got a wife. I've got kids. I'm a, I'm a working woman. I've got a job to hold down. I can't get into a boat and drift out into Lake Michigan or into the Atlantic Ocean. Look, I can't just strip my life down totally and follow God's providence. Look at it this way. See Jesus' commissioning of his disciples as a kind of initiation ritual. You know when someone joins the army, they go through boot camp, tough life, demanding life, facing all kinds of obstacles, all sorts of discomforts. What's the purpose of it? The purpose of it is so to shape that person's soul that even when boot camp is over, there's a place inside of him where he realizes his own self-reliance, his own power, his own capacity to be a soldier. Think of someone who enters into a Benedictine monastery. They go through a year of novitiate, doing all kinds of difficult things, all sorts of obstacles put in their way, their lives simplified. Now, they don't live their novitiate all their life, but that year creates in them a space where they realized 
I can live in this radical dependency upon God. I can live my life stripped down. And that space then becomes available to them throughout their lives. Christians, here's my point. All of us, all of us Christians, no matter what our walk of life, no matter what our vocation, should from time to time enter into these periods of intense living of the religious life, of an intense practice of reliance upon God's providence. You know what it might look like? It might look like a yearly retreat. And I don't mean some simple little overnight someplace. I mean a good week of prayer and fasting and focusing on the things of God. Go for a retreat once a year. Everyone can do that. I don't care what your walk of life is or your obligations. You can do that. It might mean leading kids in your parish on a trip to Appalachia. Spend a week or 10 days helping people there build homes and so on. But bring the kids on this intensely lived religious experience. People in Ireland go to Loch Derg. I've spoken of that. A very intense place of deprivation and, and prayer and penance. I have friends who go every year to go through that experience. A group of people in my parish went to Haiti a few years ago. These are pretty upper class people. And they went and saw how some of the poorest people in the world live. And they say it was a life-changing experience. As you go on mission, as you're sent by Christ, strip yourself down and live in a kind of simplified reliance upon God's providence. I think you'll find that when you access that place, your capacity for mission, your capacity to do the work of Christ increases. Go. Find this place of, de of dependence upon God and then go on mission. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Word on Fire is brought to you in part by Catholic Cemeteries. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago Cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1830.